Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. Great. It's I'm another so exciting night. I know. You know why? Because we live in a world of excitement. We do not. We do not. No. <laughs> There's nothing exciting about it. Because we have special guests. Yes, until we have guests. And yeah. that's the exciting. So exciting. Yeah. We have Amanda and Josh Wilson, and they have a podcast called Super Familiar with the Wilsons. Well, how about that? Welcome, guys. Welcome, We're so Wilsons. happy to have y'all with us. We are happy to be here. Hi. Hi, y'all. Are you going to break out your southern accent tonight? Well, Maybe. bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> don't bless bless yours heart. right back. Well, bless your heart right back. That's yeah. right. Can you guys tell us about your podcast, how you started podcasting, the fact that you're a married couple podcasting? I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And just tell us about you. I guess by that looking at me, that means I should tell you. Okay, so yes, we are um, Josh and Amanda from Super Familiar with the Wilsons. We have a variety show slash marriage slash family slash I'm not interview podcast. Um, We live in Gainesville, Florida, and we started podcasting during the pandemic. Like I think about 90% of the world did. And we've continued it and we made some really great friends like the two of you. So thanks for having us. Oh, thank oh, you so much. You. See, we, people, we have friends. Yeah, I think that we your keep telling everybody. podcast reminds me of a uh, therapy session on the set of a Merv Griffin show. Oh, so it's like a Mervy, <laughs> a Mervy <Oprah>. Turvy. <laughs> a Mervy Turvy. <laughs> I just love the fact that that you've referenced Merv Griffin. How old am I? I know. I mean, my God, I thought we were the same age. I, <gasps> Oh no! I don't know that. I don't know how old you are. We're in our fifty bubble. So if you've not got a five in front of your number, <laughs> then you're not our friend. <laughs> I can't be your friend. Anymore. I am. I am in the five bracket. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna annex you in, Amanda. <laughs> I mean, I'm close enough. So, like, I would, okay. I would reference like David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was so, listen, I almost said Jackie Gleason. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I got to bring it forward. And then it was like, Merv Griffin. We actually Maybe want them to be on the podcast. <laughs> They're like, where are these two people? Are they in assisted living? No. <laughs> They're podcasting from the old folks. <laughs> I hope to God you are. Like, <laughs> someday. <laughs> If you're having trouble, just press your personal help button and somebody's <laughs> <laughs> oh Let me go get your tech. Let me go get your aid. Yeah, they they will never let us be in in a mm-hmm. in any kind of a controlled setting Mm-mm. together. Mm-mm. That will never be allowed. Like, oh, never. No. So we yeah. won't even be able to visit each other wherever we live. No. No, they're gonna they're gonna put you in that place with the special doors that lock. <laughs> And they'll have cameras on us at all times. That's right. That's right. They're going to load jack your asses. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll welcome. Um, welcome. And just to let our audience know, we tried to do this uh, a couple weeks before. 
And we had a little bit of a failure. I would say it was just a flat out failure. I don't think it was a failure. It's just that it was successful in the wrong way. (laughs) That's true. It depends on what the agenda was. (laughs) So um, I'm going to let Amanda explain to us and everybody listening, because you know, there's just thousands. Amanda, what did you bake? (laughs) Well, I baked nothing this evening, um, except for the bottle of wine I brought with me, because you're right. We did try to do this a couple weeks ago. And you very generously let me pick out the recipe. I am trying to be very low carb and I'm a pre-diabetic and I'm trying to control my blood sugar. And so I picked out a pound cake that was keto and sent it to you. And it had an option of almond or coconut flour. And I sent you the coconut because ironically in our house, our 15 year old is allergic to almonds. So in order to avoid an allergic reaction, I sent you the coconut flour recipe. I made it. Josh had a little nibble. And then uh, uh, immediately his tongue started swelling up and he started having this reaction. And then he thought, I'm going to be okay. Now, Josh is allergic to pineapple and mango. Two of those things not in this recipe. Yeah. And then it started getting worse and worse. And he came to me and said, I have to take two Benadryl. Can you please do the podcast? (laughs) Man down. So I messaged you and found out it wasn't just Josh. No, it wasn't. (laughs) My God. No. I also had a little bit of a reaction. Um, Karen had gotten all the ingredients that was in a work meeting. Uh Uh-oh. Trout is so upset. Trout, we're not, we're not really dying, buddy. It's okay. Um, You're okay. She was in a work meeting and asked me if I could put together the recipe. So, of course, yeah, I started putting together the recipe. Well, it turns out I also had a reaction to the coconut flour. I'm, I have a, I'm allergic to coconut, but I can drink pina coladas. So, normally it's just like the raw coconut, but I've never tried anything with coconut flour. And I guess the flour up against my skin caused me to break out in a rash. <laughs> She actually had to get a shower Yeah, and um, she had to take the trash all the way out to the dumpster because it was like dander in the air. It was awful. So um, I came upstairs and she had wet hair and she had not had wet hair before. And I was like, did you get a shower? And she was like, sugar, something terrible has happened. <laughs> Amanda, Amanda has happened. <laughs> What happened? And she said, I'm allergic to the coconut flour. I've had a contact allergy reaction and I've had to get in the shower and scrub everything. I've had to put my clothes in the wash, like everything. And I said, Sugar, we're going to have to give you a Benadryl and I'm going to hold you up by the back of the shirt because we are not going to cancel on Wilson's. <laughs> and then I hear from Amanda and she said, well, there's a problem. Josh is in bed. <laughs> And he won't be on. I was like, oh, well, no problem. Uh, you, we can cancel because Ann, Ann Garner is, um, she's in a hazmat suit right now. So, yeah. So, so murder cake. Be, yeah, murder cake is what I, I, I think. It, I think that this cake, because she had put, um, what'd you put over it? It was lovely. It was lovely pound cake, but there was also was a, a frosting. Minute, right? It was a glaze. No, that, you did the frost. You did the glaze. I didn't do the glaze. Okay. okay. But I think that with the glaze, this recipe can appropriately be called a sugar-coated murder. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're so right. That's we very de- true. We definitely and need that's to why change. we did it. That's right. Uh, 
Yeah, we were being on things. Thank you. It was all about us. <laughs> Turns out right. it was all about us. Perfect. Thanks, guys. So, yeah. So I, I I sent you the recipe that that really tried very hard to kill off two of the co-hosts. So yes. now and I are going to get our own yeah, show. We're going to get our own show. We're tired of sharing the spotlight. Did taste the cake? Oh, I I tasted the cake. I ate some of the cake. The cake was lovely. Yeah, it tastes. Cake I was did. lovely. Our, our five-year-old and I ate it, and and yeah. actually, our fifteen-year-old, who's allergic to almonds, ate it and liked it, but then kind of freaked out because of what happened to Josh. Just uh, yeah. she was like, mm, 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 mm. you know, she saw it. Uh, Is it still in the fridge? No, because it was until very recently. Like half half of it, I, we ate half of it. The five-year-old and I ate half of it, and I threw the rest away. But I thought, I mean, for it was a, a lovely recipe. Carb, like yeah. so index yes. thing. I thought it was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. except for when it tried to kill Ann and Josh. I mean, it's just that little thing. That's like a little footnote at the end, like may kill off co-host. That's it. A little murdery. I mean, well, you know what? I think fans, we're good. They're a little bit delicate. It's fine. I mean, it's buttery. It's murdery. It's, you know, it's It's got a nice glaze. Gorgeous little glaze on it. A little sugar-coated murder. So So I have a picture that I took of the cake that's got a big old knife um, stuck through it. So I will post that so people know it is the murder cake, <laughs> but um, it was delightful. And if people want the recipe, if you don't have a coconut allergy, or if you want to use the almond or whatever you want to do, just email us and we will share the recipe gladly. Yeah. Cause it has to be gluten-free, right? It is. It's, yeah. it, is. Uh, yeah, it's it is. It's gluten-free. Yeah. It's um, sugar-free. sugar-free. So it's a really low glycemic impact. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's not fat free, but that's not bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sour cream and butter and and really lovely if you're not allergic to these things. But do it not ask for this recipe. It was very easy to make. Mm-hmm. But do not ask for this recipe if you're trying to harm other people because we will not be. We, will, we not. can't tolerate no, that. No. We are trying to. Yeah, we're trying to get famous and we don't want to be famous for that. No. No, that wrong, is infamous. Wrong that's famous. Not, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's infamous. And our mama would not approve. Mm. They're, they're she not would be very disappointed. Quite disappointed in her yeah. girls. So tonight, the Wilsons are here not just to talk about murder cake. Duh. They're also here to talk about a really interesting murder case that happened in the town that they're from. That they're <gasps> nice. Nice. Which is, like Amanda said, Gainesville, Florida, which I've never been to, but I hope to go one day. I'm going to talk about the victims in this case, because we like to highlight the victims. Mm-hmm. So I looked up as much information as I could. This happened in August of 1990. So not easy to find a lot of information. I was able to find some articles and I did read a lot of obituaries, which is where I find out a lot about the victims that we talk about. So the first two victims that I'm going to talk about are Sonia Jane Larson and Christina Powell. They were roommates and they were both 17 years old. 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Glory be. I think her name is Sonia, but it could be Sonia because I'm not good at pronunciation. So I'm sorry for her family if they're hearing this and I'm massacring the name, but that's who I am. So she was born January 1st, 1972, and she was from Deerfield Beach, Florida. She was attending college at the University of Florida in pursuit of a degree that would able would enable her to work with children during summers. No, <laughs> work with children, period. <laughs> during summers in high school, she worked for the First Baptist Church in Pompano Beach, Florida as a full-time um, daycare aide. 
She was known to be great with the kids. She was very active in her church. She sang in the choir. She graduated from Eli High School in June of 1990. She was an honor student. She was very bright and involved in her school and community. She was a member of the Mathematics Society of her school. So oh, wow. I was never invited to no. that. Very smart. Very yeah. smart. She was shy and she was artistic. And she was never afraid to show affection. Just a sweet, sweet girl. Her roommate, Christina Powell, also known as Christy. She was born 30 November 1972, and she was from Jacksonville, Florida. She was known for always being positive. She had a brother named Michael Raymond Powell and a father named Frank Powell. And I just didn't find a lot about her because they didn't post like a full obituary on her. That was really all that was said. So I wish I, I, wish I could tell you more about uh, Christy, but... She was a good girl and she was 17. She was just starting her life. School had just started. Yes. I mean, like they were maybe a weekend, not very far at all. Yeah. When you're in college. Yeah. Yes. Cause this happened on the 24th. I think they had gone back like the week or 10 days before. So I'm also going to talk to you about Krista Lee Hoyt. And she was born November 20th, 1971. And she was from Miami. And her parents were Ruth and Teresa Ann. And I, I don't know anything else about Crystal Lee Hoyt, but maybe somebody does and they can email us. So I'm also going to talk to you about <laughs> Manuel Ricardo Taboda, also known as Manny. He was born September 14, 1966, and he was from Miami. His parents were Gladys and Manuel Mario Taboda. He had at least one brother, and this guy was a smarty pants. He was very smart. He was in the National Honor Society. He was athletic and very talented. He got the male lead in Greece in high school. Mm. Not like me, who was just a backup singer in She's at Sea. Oh, I well, did have a speaking I, part in that, but then it was like very short-lived and I was in the back. I, so Manny wanted to be an architect, but due to finances, that was taking a while. So he worked nights as a bartender while he attended Santa Fe Community College part-time. But he had finally gotten accepted to University of Florida College of Architecture. He was very happy he was going to start attending. Unfortunately, his dad died when he was young. He had many, many friends because he had such an outgoing personality. And he never met a stranger. Next I didn't up. realize that there was males that were. Yeah, there was one. One male. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about Tracy Inez Pauls. And she was born October 4th, 1966. And I don't really know a whole lot about her, unfortunately. There's not a lot I can really tell you about. And so Anne has disappeared, but don't worry. She's hmm. on the floor with trout. I'm still here. I'm still here. You're going to hear her, but yeah. you will not see her because this is how we roll. I literally feel that I'm just in your house right now. And we're out. we well, all have right. just a little bit to, to drink, and yeah. absolutely, we're going to have to end up sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I tell yeah. you that this right here in this area, this does not necessarily take alcohol to happen. <laughs> it just no. takes alcohol to cope with it. Yes, it's the alcohol that, we drink to all, cope. But there's like it's. I'm going to have a spot of coffee. Because the so, dog will, lit I will sit on the floor and then the dog will literally ignore me. As soon as she sits me. down, he walks into the kitchen. He, he's <laughs> he's just like, I just don't want you to be higher than me. 
you know, I'm on a podcast and mm-hmm. he's, he is a control freak and he wins all 14 pounds of me every time, every time. Yeah. So I've gone Were over you? the victims. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I heard Manny. Who was the last one? Um, Tracy. 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 Yep. Yes. I've gone over the victims. So now we're going to start getting into the case. And just go back to the very beginning again, because I don't remember you actually saying what the name of the case was. I'm not telling you yet. Well, bam. (laughs) The hell kind of podcast is How am I supposed to create suspense when I'm going to tell you everything up front? (laughs) No, girl. All right. You go. You do you. I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. Mm -hmm. So just uh, something on those names. Those names are on uh, a wall. Here in town, it's the 34th Street wall, and it's a wall that it runs alongside the street, and people can graffiti whatever they want on it. So uh, oh. every week, someone goes, and they will, like, you know, ha- put a happy birthday message, or they will put, like, you know, whatever, political messages sometimes, except for two sections, which um, are always kept the same. And if someone doesn't know that unspoken rule, and they they deface it, then it's immediately it's immediately restored. That is a tribute to Tom Petty, who was a Gainesville Gainesville boy, mm-hmm. and um, the names of of these victims. Oh wow! They will How always about that? be on that wall. It's been there since um, well, since ninety actually, because one of so I'm sure we'll get into the case, but the um, Sadie Darnell, who was sheriff, but at the time was working for. Um, I don't know. You probably have it. The in some capacity, helped to paint the wall in memory of the victims. And so it's been thirty, right? It's been thirty-two years. Yeah. And the wall. I mean, it gets there is. It's kind of like been passed down, and now a fraternity has it, and it's the fraternity. Yeah. Fraternity upkeeps it. But yeah, it's that's um, amazing. Awesome. I love that. We'll have to look up and pictures it, of that wall. Oh yeah. Well, I tried to send you one earlier today. I'll send it to you, and yeah. uh, you can post it on your socials. And it says, "We will always remember," and it has their their five names, and then it says 1990, and then across. So it's a it's a big um, road. So okay. three lanes and three lanes, and then a median. And then the walls over here. And then the median, there are five palm trees planted for one oh. for the victims. Oh, the victims. that's so nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you sent me a picture of a um a bench. Plaque, a bench with a plaque on it for Krista Hoyt, right? Right. So I was at the I was at a park that we go, we've I've only been to with the kids one other time, but it has a big dog park. Mm-hmm. And the kids and I were walking. Oh yeah, there's the wall. Oh, there's the wall. That's nice. Sugar. You'll have to see that one. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> can you, can you um, send that to yep. me either through email or social media? It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, it says forever in our hearts. It used to say we will always, re- oh, it just says remember. Um, yeah. And I just happened to, I went to go sit on the bench at this park and it was um, dedicated to her. So there, I mean, so there are things sweet. like that all over town, but yeah. I love that, that they still, after 32 years, they're still keeping up the memories of the victims. That is wonderful. I cannot tell you how refreshing that is because that is, it's rare. For it is rare. All right, let's gonna, get into it. We're going to get into this. I'm going to tell you about a dude named Daniel Rawlings. Rawlings? Rawlings. So I'm, I'm confused because intentionally they pronounced his name wrong when the case oh. started. I was reading an article uh, that quoted this woman, Sadie Darnell, and she intentionally pronounced his name wrong because one of the things he wanted was fame. Yes, he did. He wanted 
And so she intentionally said his name wrong. And I don't know, like I've heard rolling and I've heard rolling and I don't know which is the right one. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, you know what we're going to call him? Well, I was going to say dickhead, but that's going to be a lot of editing. Mm. Yeah. So we're just going to call him Dan me. Dan, mm-hmm. Dan, Dan. Oh. <laughs> is that Danner. his first name? Daniel. Daniel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. We'll call him uh-huh. Danner. Or. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so he went to Gainesville right before the fall semester of 1990 started. And he was actually living in a tent in the woods near campus. So he just went to the town? Just went to the town. For no reason in particular. Not really. He was traveling. Was I, like I, a, I would he say was, he was like a vagabond. A rumor. Mm-hmm. A, a nomad of sorts. A nomad. Mm-hmm. And he had been down south of here. And, mm-hmm. came, and, and had he was also like a petty criminal. He did a lot of like theft and stuff. And so then he, he came back this way. I don't know what made him stop here, but yeah. He also was in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, but that I could be thinking of. A whole no, that's different. correct. He was in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much because I had another guy that I thought was in Louisiana, but this is him. There are so many murderers that take up space in my head. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was living in a tent in the woods near the campus. So already he's got nefarious thoughts because why does he need to be near college campus? Right. He actually followed Sonia and Christy, the first two victims I've talked about, the 17-year-olds. He followed them to their off-campus apartment on the 24th. And um, when the girls were asleep, he broke in to the apartment. Mm. And y'all jump in anytime. If you've got something to add, don't let me take over this podcast. Do you it's know, your podcast. Do you know what apartments it was? Um, they were all along Archer Road, which mm-hmm. is right out there. And um, the other thing that they all had in common is they all had sliding glass doors. So he yes. got in through all the sliding glass doors. He did. And they were all first floor. They were all first floor. Yeah. So, and, and I will tell you that I remember when this was happening and I was living in Virginia Beach. I was in Virginia Beach. And, but I remember we lived on the second floor, but this was in the news a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and they talked about how this guy was getting into the slide glass doors. And that's when we started learning about putting the dowels in mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. And that's when this all started, when this case was going on, because um, we were thinking of ways to stay safe. I, we didn't have slide glass doors, but I can remember, um, I can remember our dad, I think, telling me about, you know, if you ever have a sliding glass door, you need to put a dowel in it. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, even- so Amanda, you lived in that area at the time? I didn't. So when this happened, um, so I was, I was a sophomore in high school mm-hmm. when this happened. And, but at the time I was, my English teacher and my high school principal were married and they oh. had two, they had two daughters who were in college at UF. Okay. And so I was hearing like they would come to school. I mean, my especially my English teacher, because she was a mom and she was nervous, so she talked oh, about imagine. it. Yes. And in UF suspended classes, because it was yeah. a, a period of time where I mean it seemed I think it was a relatively short period of time, but in the 
the mythology of it that's kind of built up around it seems much longer. But when you're living in terror, it, I mean, it can, it's, you know, seem oh. like um, a long time. So UF had suspended classes and they said, if you want to go home, go home. There's no, um, you know, there's no penalty. And my principal and English teacher's daughters didn't come home. They didn't want to. And right. I can't, like, I would have been the first person on the interstate by. <laughs> I would have gone. But also <laughs> Me my- too. My mama wouldn't have let me like, I mean, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from a town that's two hours South. So okay. two hours is not a long drive. My mm-hmm. mama would have been up here and you're in the car and it doesn't. And I'm, I mean, no I questions asked. Yeah. Too. I don't yeah. care if you live 24 hours away, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. So, um, so I was aware of it as it was happening firsthand because of, because of, you know, the, the people at my school whose children were here. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I didn't, but then, so this happened in 90 and then I moved to Gainesville in 94. Mm-hmm. So it was still very much in everyone's consciousness. And I was, I lived in a new construction apartment and there were panic buttons in every bedroom. Oh, so wow. Right by your bed, there was a panic button. Um, everything had alarms. So anything built like post these murders there are security systems that were very different than what, what it was. And these apartments that everyone lived in, they were older apartments, not that, not that that's, and there's anything wrong with that. Um, There are also signs on campus now that will say um, like, like uh, wooded areas and there's paths through them, but it will say basically to the extent of, you know, walking this at night could be hazardous to your health. <laughs> like, it's oh, okay. oh, no. for that. No. But like, we Sorry. do have a lot of signage and there are public woods too, like near parks and stuff that caution people. Oh, that's from good. That's really night. good. We need that it, all over the United States. Yes, I agree. So it's definitely left its print on this town. Can we talk about this principal that married this teacher? I feel like that's breaking some sort of <laughs> HR rules. What is that all about? Sure that they were together before he became principal, but anyway. Oh, so he got her the job then. I see oh, that. Oh, no. no. I have a feeling they, he, she was a teacher and he was in administration and then he got the job as principal and she just kept, stayed on as a teacher. Oh, yeah, but but, I mean, it happens. You're getting distracted. I, it's okay. I'm, just, yeah, I'm no, addressing, no, no. listen, the people <laughs> listening to the podcast, they want to know. They, they they are curious people. They want to know. You said principal, teacher, Mary. They're like, is something happening in the staff room? You know, <laughs> you, want know you want to know what's going to make you feel really bad. This man was an incredible, incredible person who had made a very big impact on my choice to go into education. And I wish that I could go thank him, but I cannot because right after I graduated from high school, he was leading the band onto the football field and had a heart attack and died. Oh. On the Oh, now Josh is no, talking no, about awful. the dead. Oh, your first oh, buddy. No. Sorry. Wow. Isn't that awful? I mean, terrible, awkward, terrible, awkward terrible silence here. Terrible. Did he have your cake? You were a jackass. Oh. Yeah, the, the, yes, the murder cake. cake. Oh, Josh Jesus. asked me if I gave him the murder cake. Oh, Josh. I expelled, buddy. Oh, God. All right. Let's move along. Yeah. So after this, we'll stay back. Josh will leave and we'll have a little therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) We are in no position to give anybody any kind of therapy. We're not licensed therapists. (laughs) God, do not listen to what we have to say. Says Anne from the floor. The the (laughs) disempowered voice. My sister's fine. She just needs to be on the floor right now. <laughs> She's a disembodied voice. It's fine. 
It's what we have here in Charleston. Lots of spooky things happen. Do you do you release this video or is this just so we can see each other? Because like just just picture right now, just you and then nothing but a distant blankness. (laughs) Yeah, this is my sister right here. (laughs) I know, and I'm sorry that it's just me. There's no distraction from this. Oh God. We love you. This is all I'm going to see when we're doing our podcast, Karen. So it's fine. I love it. Aww. <laughs> okay. So. So that was a really long answer to you, Anne, that I did not live here when the murders happened, but I moved here shortly after. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. I like the story. I love the the detail that we wouldn't find in the media. I love it. Yeah, I, I do love too. The detail. Okay. So he breaks into the apartment and the girls are asleep. Mm-hmm. He sees Christy sleeping on a couch. She was sleeping on the couch out in the whatever room. Right. I don't know why, but she was. And it was a two floor apartment. Okay. He went upstairs and found Sonia sleeping in her bed. Okay. And he, as she was asleep, he duct taped her mouth. That is so mean. It's rude because that shit hurts when it comes off. That's just mean. And he duct taped her hands and he stabbed her to death. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. And you think, wow, why did he pass Christy and go stab this girl? It's so weird. So then he goes downstairs and while Christy was asleep, he started attacking her. Oh gosh. He brutally raped her, brutally raped her. And then he turned her over on her stomach and stabbed her to death in her back. What? I think it ruptured her aorta is what I had read. But it went through her back into her heart. Like it was, it was a different victim. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. Well, he stabbed her to death through her back. Wow. So on August 26th, Christie's parents actually call the police and say, um, Christy isn't answering her phone and she's not answering her door. They had made plans to come over. Mm-hmm. and see her oh that weekend God. and they, they show came up for lunch. they, they came, came for lunch, lunch yeah. and they show up and they're knocking on the door there's no answer they're calling there's no answer oh, no. so they're like i think we need to call the police and find out what's coming on what's coming what's going on not coming on that's tv <laughs> sorry so i just want to point out that there was a third roommate mm-hmm. and she was out of town at the time mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I know she arrived home as the police were gathered in the parking lot apartment, in the apartment parking lots, in the parking lot apartments. God, where is my brain? What's happening? You need to have another sip of belly. So um, they had gone in and discovered both girls severely mutilated. Oh my God. Oh no. I create my own language. It's fine. It's going to be fine. They were mutilated. Mutilated. So, um, Okay, when you say they, the police went in. The police went yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The police they didn't went in. Turn, like the parents loose in the house or anything. So the parents no. and the roommate are in the parking lot and the police have gone in to check yes. things. Okay. And um, so then Officer Ray Barber was one of the first officers on the scene and he was part of the team that entered and discovered the bodies. Mm-hmm. And this really shocked him especially the age of the girls. Oh yeah. And really had a hard time. And then the sexual mutilation of the bodies was disturbing. Right. So um, they then went out to the parking lot and delivered the news to the parents and the roommate about what had happened to the girls. And the roommate actually fainted from shock. Oh no. She just passed right out when they told her. 
um, that's another one of those stories about how she dodged being murdered. Just yeah. Fate. Um, so imagine the survivor's guilt too. Like, I mean, oh, you're, great. you're glad that you, it happened to you, but you feel so guilty that, yeah. So guilty. Like if I had been there, could, you know, mm-hmm. would he have not followed the three of us home or could I have intervened or anything? Like there's a million things that go through your brain. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it was just, it was so tragic. So, all right. So I talked to you about officer Ray Barber. And then that same night, Ray's wife, Gail, she um, reported for the night shift. She was also a police officer. Oh, she reported for the night shift. And shortly into her shift, she and her partner got a call to go check on a Christy Hoyt at her apartment. So they knew Chris, Krista. I hope I didn't say Christy. It's Krista. So Gail knew Krista because Krista had been working for the police dispatch at the time. Oh. And she had not shown up for her shift. Oh, no. So they radio Gail and said, hey, can you go check on Krista? She didn't show up and she's not answering her phone. So at this point, Gail has no idea what her husband has gone through. Right. He, he She doesn't know. So she goes in and she goes over to Krista's apartment and they knock on the door and there's no answer. They, she felt like, well, maybe she just left. We missed her. And she, you know, she was just running late, but then they saw the car in the apartment complex parking lot. Oh, Krista's car. Yes. Oh, and then yeah. she was just like filled with dread. Like, Oh my gosh, she's probably here. So the manager of the apartments hears these two police officers talking mm-hmm. and he, I think lived across the hall from Krista. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out and he's like, what are y'all doing here? Right. And so um, all three of them went around the back of the apartments and the manager noticed right away that there was a back gate Mm -hmm. and it had been damaged and there was a chain link fence and part of it had been knocked down. And he said that that was not there before. Oh, no. The police officer said, go out front and wait for us. And they tried to get into the sliding glass door and it was locked from the inside. So like, okay, we can't get in, but there was a bamboo shade mm-hmm. in front of the sliding glass door, but it didn't go all the way down to the floor. Uh-huh. One of the officers crouched down to just try to look through the gap to see what he could find. Well, this is what they found. Krista was sitting on her bed naked, except for her socks and her shoes. She was kind of bent forward at the waist and there was a pool of blood. And then they noticed that Krista did not have a head. <gasps> No way. They could hear water running and thought maybe the killer was still inside. So they called for backup. Oh my gosh. They surrounded the building. They can't go in until their backup comes. Of course right? not. Right. An hour after the first two officers arrived, the police were finally able to enter the apartment and they could hear the shower dripping at that point. The shower floor had blood stains on it. There was no killer in the bathroom. They, they went, they're, they're clearing the apartment. They go in, they hear it. They see the blood, they clear it. There's nobody in there. As they come out of the bathroom, they come face to face with Christy's head <gasps> propped up on the bookshelf. No. Oh, sugar. You're going to have to stay here tonight. And okay. it's my understanding because I, I read the, um, I read the true crime novel of this. So I don't know yeah. how much was like novelization, sure. but it's my understanding that he, put mirrors behind her head to um so that it amplified the shock when you saw oh my god i didn't read that in the police report or 
and Murderpedia, but a lot of times they leave that kind of stuff out. So it could very well be true. And this sick guy, I, I mean, honestly, I, didn't, I don't put anything past him. They finally had to clear the whole apartment. And once they knew there was no killer, they went in the bedroom and discovered the headless body of Krista. She had been sliced open from her chest to her pubic bone. Mm. And her two nipples were laying on the bed beside her. Yep. I mean, he had just mutilated this girl. She was 18 years old and had been attending Santa Fe Community College. Due to the mutilations of the body, they felt like they had, by now, they've heard about this other Mm -hmm. apartment complex that had the two girls in it. And because of the mutilations, they said, well, you know what? We think these might be connected. So they get together a task force and they poured a lot of money into this task force. They did not. There were no resources spared. They were they really poured a lot into it. That was August 24th into the 25th. Okay. So the first one was on the 20th? The first one was on the 24th. The first one was on the 24th. So this was less than 24 hours later. Yes, less than 24 hours later. So it's like the night of the 24th Mm -hmm. is when they discover those bodies. And then it's kind of morning of the 25th Mm -hmm. when they discover the other body. Because remember. Um, she had not shown up for her midnight shift. Right. So it's like wee hours, the wee hours of the morning, because I'm Scottish. August 28th, two more bodies are found. What? Yeah. This is Tracy Paul's. Is that how you say her name? I think it's Paulus, but I'm not sure. Paulus. It makes sense because it's Paul with an ES at the end, but I'm horrible with names because I'm just a stupid country girl. And then Manny Taboda, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Both of them were 23. They shared a ground floor apartment. Manny was 6'3 and 200 pounds. What? Quite the athlete. Remember, I told you he was very athletic. When Tracy decided to become roommates with him, her parents felt like she was very safe oh, because yeah. of this. That's why they didn't have a lot of heartburn about her going into a ground floor apartment. Right. And they were just roommates. They were not romantically involved. They were roommates and just they had become really good friends. So at about seven o'clock in the morning, one of Manny's friends went over to their apartment because another friend of his was out of town and he could not reach them. Nobody would answer in the apartment. He had prearranged, the out-of-town guy prearranged for the in-town guy to go over there and meet the maintenance man and be let into the apartment. The maintenance man meets him and they knock, 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 and there's no answer. So the maintenance man opens it with the key and looks inside going to regret that for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what they saw. Tracy's naked, bloodied body was laying in the hallway between the two bedrooms. On the floor near her head was a black bag. Mm. And as soon as they saw that, they backed right out, locked the door and went to call the police. Good thinking. Yes. And the police arrive and they get to the door and they notice the door is unlocked. No. And when they walk in, no black bag. <gasps> no. They probably had interrupted the killer because oh there was no mutilation God. to the body. Oh my God. So the killer was probably in there when they oh no. opened the door. Manny was found in his bed. His body showed that there were, had been quite a struggle and he had probably been attacked in his sleep mm. and then woke up, but he fought. He fought really mm. hard. Tracy had been raped and stabbed. So now they know they've got a serial rapist and killer, and this is 
serious. Oh and the media, I cannot imagine what the police must have been I know. like. Oh, Jesus! And the police coin the killer as the Gainesville Ripper. That's the name of the case. Finally, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's a ripper. Ripper. Yeah, ripper. We got a ripper in the states. One of the things about Manny is that he was such a big guy. And that's one of the things that I understand anecdotally. There were a lot of, a lot of people were like huddling together, staying together. A lot of guys were going over and staying with girls who were friends. And I think the thought is that because he got Manny in his sleep, he was able to overcome him, but had he encountered him just, You know, yes. he, yeah, so. but he was rolling uh, was also like a big guy. He's like six, two or six, three. And he, he was, was big. he was a big guy as yeah. well. And yeah. he in the military. That's true. He on, do we know, was he hopped up on anything? Not that I know of, but yeah. never mentioned him being on any type of substances. Mm-hmm. So I think his substance was raping and murdering and mutilating people. <laughs> wow. The campus was shut down for two weeks canceled classes some students left some stayed some students never returned back it was too traumatic too scary and they never went back i wouldn't have i don't think i could have either no i I remember when this happened and and thinking some of them that stayed i kept thinking why would they stay Mm -hmm. like why would you stay because they're college again i would have been the first one on the interstate bye right so 700 students didn't come back Really that's a big number. That's a that's a really that big, is number. A big I mean, number. Wow. UF is a is a huge school, but sure. still, that's a I lot mean, though. It's fifty three thousand students now during a, a, an academic year. Then it was probably thirty five thousand. Mm-hmm. I just think seven hundred still. It's still you a really feel big it. number. You would feel that yeah. number. I'm actually shocked it wasn't more. But you know, you think about seniors and juniors that are already there and they're invested in their college career. So they're going to return most of them. Eventually they do arrest a suspect and they hold him during the investigation. And then there's a bank robbery, Hmm. just this random bank robbery. And after the bank robbery, the police follow some leads and they they're looking around for a bank robber. Right. And they find the campsite in these woods uh-huh. and they find a bag of the stolen money from the bank. Huh. They're like, Oh, I think we, we got, but the guy was not there. The guy had gotten away. Then there was a local home that was burglarized and a car was stolen. And the Wind Dixie in Ocala was robbed. Not so at this point, they did have point, the chicken there's, there's no description of who this guy might be. They have no clue. Male, female, nothing. They have no clue. So they have, they're just now they're chasing bank robbers. But they have some, but they had a suspect. They had a suspect. Oh, right. But they did and have so a suspect. So they're carrying on. They're assuming that their guy is in right. jail. And now they got a dude robbing banks who they and think now is not we're like, well, we've got this task force mm-hmm. working on this, but then we got some bank robberies and some like the Ocala Wind Dixie right. was robbed. Maybe he of, got some chicken. Fried chicken. Listen, they have good fried chicken. Do they? Yeah, they did. I did not know that. They have good See, I'm partial to Publix fried chicken. I also really like Publix fried chicken. Let me tell you something about Publix fried chicken. Oh, no, no, no. Be careful. What are you about to say? Oh, no. Publix. I shop there all the time. No, no. It's nothing gross. It's not gross. It's just a Karenism. It's it's a... 
Excuse me. The Karenism. Hello. There's too much chicken in her chicken. She doesn't like a real thick have, piece of chicken. Well, Amanda almost spit out her want. <laughs> because you want the skin and the batter and the crunchy, right? I just don't want this big hunk of meat in my mouth at one time. There has to be a ratio and their ratios are all off, like completely bonkers. They don't have good ratios. I just wish they would hire me for one 30-day period so that I could make them understand. They got to get better ratios. I think it tastes delicious. I love the seasoning that they use. I love it, but that's too much chicken in my mouth at one time. Too much chicken in my chicken. Don't like it. So, so here, but here's, here's the wisdom in that. So Karen is intuiting she doesn't even know it's subconscious that these chickens that they have, they pump them full of hormones, they pump them full of chemicals, they fatten them up unnaturally. Yeah. The too much it's, chicken in your chicken. It's yeah. unnatural. That's my thing. And it, the she ratios wants a scrawny are, ass, like I want a scrawny ass little yeah. hen. Freaking yeah. like, you know, yeah. coyotes chasing this hen. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. Like a fit little hen that's just been running around that yard and. And like, that's what they have at Winn Dixie. They yes, have the they use the smaller, and they even sell the smaller chickens. They don't sell these big, like Arnold Schwarzenegger sized chickens. They don't do it. They sell a small chicken. She's also got a thing about potatoes. There's too much potato in her potato. Like when you have a French fry, which, by the way, is my absolute favorite food. But I don't like a lot of potato in my French no, fry. No, no, no. I like the, the like the thin. Thin, like crispy. I like a, fry. I like a crinkle. I like a, but don't give me a big steak fry. Like a steak fry, those are gross. Nobody wants potato wedge. And I don't like mashed Nobody potatoes potato because wedges. too many potatoes in those potatoes. If I, I enjoy a mashed potato. I also enjoy a potato wedge. I love a, I love a potato skin. That's the ratio. That's the ratio. That's the perfect <laughs> ratio. What is wrong with people? Have we so, just lost our minds and we don't so know ratios anymore? Here's, here's the thing. So Fridays is where I was introduced to potato skins, right? Yeah. yeah. And they were delicious because they, they just put a shit ton of cheese on them and bacon and blah, I loved mm. it. Then, then, you know, as usually happens as restaurants, their food goes to shit because, you know, they have you hooked and then they're trying to cut costs in this. Didn't go to Fridays for the longest time. Went back to Fridays last year. And now they do these twice fried potato skins that are God's gift to the planet. They are so twice good. Twice fried? They, yes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. They're so good. Wow. Oh, they're so good. I have no idea. Because I eat them. They're tiny. They're tiny potatoes. Okay. I like that. <laughs> but I will say, I, I even like the box of the frozen Fridays potato skins you can get in in any grocery store in the frozen section because they have the ratio down pat i just don't know where we went wrong with the ratios you're the wrong you're the wrong i'm not the wrong you're the wrong i'm the right i'm the right i'm the right with the plump chicken i don't have a problem with the plump chicken i do it's unnatural it's you're unnatural in my mouth at once well then don't they take a smaller bite no it's what's chicken Get it's a popcorn chicken. What's that? That's too much fried stuff. Oh my god! It's the chicken. Just stay away from the chicken, sugar. I'm a happy. I'm like step away from the chicken. I'm a step. Away. I have stepped away from the Publix chicken, and that's why. <laughs> and it makes me sad. It saddens me very deeply. <laughs> There's people listening to this podcast right now yelling at me to make the too much c- in your mouth joke. Oh no! Oh, no. 
Oh, Mama, turn sure it off. There are listeners, it, or oh, are they Mama. your listeners? <laughs> I don't think there are listeners at all. But um, if you need to tell that, you just go right ahead and tell that. And um, you're going to need to say sorry, Mama, before and after. I would never say anything like that <laughs> on this podcast because I think you would say it. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Whatever gets me out of trouble with Mama. Oh, you don't want to be in trouble with her. She is. Mm-mm, she will shake that finger at you. Welcome back to the Joe Tutorial. Whoa, you Matt, know. this isn't an episode. It's a trailer. Well, what the hell is a trailer, Adam? It's where we tell people what they can expect from our podcast, Decaying with the Boys. Well, they can uh, expect to hear us talk shop on pro wrestling, craft beer, horror movies, and pop culture, like Britney Spears' creepy father and stuff like that. We've literally never talked about Britney, but we do take our shots at everything else he said. Well, then uh, I guess I can also tell them they can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Anchor FM. And don't forget to find us on all social media at KNWTV. Cheers. Hello, people. My name is Andres, and this is the Latin Jukebox, because music is a lovely universal language. My name is Andres, and in my podcast, we go through music through new songs in Spanish and in English, and we go through different topics about all the things that music has in common. So follow me at Rocola del Rolo in Twitter at Latin Jukebox underscore on Instagram. And follow me, I would be really glad to meet you. Gracias, parceros. Check it out. This is Josh Scar from Talking Smack. You're listening to Karen and Anne on Sugar-Coated Murders. Hopefully they're not talking about you. Okay. There's a high-speed chase after the Winn-Dixie gets robbed of all the fried chicken. He mm-hmm. really stole the fried chicken? Sugar, I don't know. But if I went to the <laughs> oh, Winn-Dixie to steal the chicken, to rob it, I would get the fried chicken first. And the one in Lake Gaston has a hot dog bar. So I might even take care of that, <laughs> too. Clear that out. Bar. I thought it was a piggly wing. I mean, we can talk about weenies if we want, but I didn't think we wanted to go there. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't want to, but I'm saying they have a hot dog bar. I thought that was the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, shit. It's not a Winn-Dixie. Not the Winn-Dixie. The Winn-Dixie does have the good fried chicken, though, because I used to go there a lot um, when I was in college in Raleigh. (laughs) North Carolina. So having some sort of a flashback. I I don't know. I've had a flashback. I had one. Of, was, I've had a bad trip. Did you take the tricycle? <laughs> chicken trip. Did <laughs> the I had a bad. Oh, I had a bad hot dog trip. I think. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm going to try to get back on track right now. It's not going to be easy. So there's a high speed chase, and they take a man named Danny Rolling Rolling. We're going to call him Danner into custody for this bank robbery. Okay. When he's in jail, he becomes a chatty Cathy. He's quite boastful to the point that it is actually unnerving some of the prisoners, like some of the people in custody around him. Lordy B. Unnerving. He actually sought out another inmate and told him that he was in jail earlier in his life and decided that when he got out, he was going to kill one person for each year they had kept him there. Oh, no. He had been there for eight years. Oh, Lord. So that's what he was. That was the goal. In Gainesville to do was to kill these eight people. It didn't have anything to do with Gainesville, but it had everything to do with a number. And I think 
He was in proximity and, you know, just thought college campus, college apartments, this will be easy. Mm. So that's that's what he was heading to. Previously to that, Ted Bundy, and there's something where it said that he wanted to be famous like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy had attacked at Florida State, which is about two hours from here. So I don't know. I've not read anything saying that's a connection, but that was a famous college campus murder. That's true. That's very true. But Bundy also attacked in other States. Yes. Yes. So yes. I I don't know. Uh, it didn't say anything, but again, it, that could be completely true. Yeah. He actually confessed to investigators via a, another prison inmate. Oh, so he would. He told the investigators, "I have a confession to make, but I'm not going to confess it to you. I'm going to confess it to this my friend." Oh God! That guy was like, "I don't want. I don't." He's want like, to. "No, <laughs> no. Please don't, don't tell me your thing. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Please stop." <laughs> and then that that inmate would then relay the information and then the cops would ask the inmate questions and he would go back and ask this Danner guy. And then it was just a, it was a freaking circus. That is a circus. I hope that inmate got in. Yeah. I, I don't know. Inmate. Cause I don't know what the inmate was in for. I don't know why he sought him out. I, I just, I would have to really look inside myself and try to figure out why this guy seek me out. Yeah. Like what, what is it that, Made I'm going to have to change we my ways now because spirits. I got some sort of serial killer whisperer vibe going yeah, and I cannot have that. <laughs> cannot have a serial killer whisperer vibe. Yeah. I don't know what I did to deserve that. So he confesses and he actually gets tried and sentenced to death. Okay. Okay. But before he dies, he's got more to say. They always do. Uh, he confessed to three more murders in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana? Five plus three. Yeah. Five that's... plus three is what? Eight. Eight. But the, those three murders, I think, happened before, before he was in jail. jail the first time. So they didn't count towards his eight. He was really trying to rack up in Gainesville an eight. I'm sure. Count. Yep. Mm. Yeah. But he needed some money and some fried chicken. <laughs> and to have to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, he needed protein and what better protein than fraud. Anyway, he also confessed to trying to kill his abusive father at one time in his life. Here's the crazy thing. So he confesses, right? Wait, we haven't heard the crazy thing. No, <laughs> sorry. Here's There's an crazy additional thing. crazy thing. <laughs> he, his appeals were the most bogus appeals I've ever heard of. Like he would just create some kind of dramatic scene that wasn't even true. And then submit an appeal on it and then waste the court's time with investigating it and having to read the evidence. And then they would have to meet and say, I mean, he just wasted so many resources doing that. I I, I don't like it. Obviously he lost all of the appeals. And Mm -hmm. on October 25th, 2006, he was treated to a little injection of lethalness. Nice. He had no last words. He just quietly sang to himself. Oh, he God. sang hymns, hymns to himself. He sang hymns to himself, but he used to sing hymns a lot to himself in jail. I will tell you something that I that I found interesting, just because I'm obviously obsessed with food, and there will be no judging. Wait, I gotta find it. Everybody, calm down. Oh, son of a biscuit! His last meal. Yes, stop it. I got it. <laughs> I know it too. <laughs> okay, y'all tell Not me. Fried chicken. 
How great would it be if it was Win Dixie Fried Chicken? Oh, well, you know what? He upped the Annie on this. Mm-hmm. Tell us what it was, Josh. Well, this is what I have lobster with drawn butter, mm-hmm. butterfly shrimp with cocktail sauce, a baked potato with the ratio was clearly off, yeah. with sour <laughs> cream and butter, strawberry cheesecake, and sweet tea. Yes. And if you needed any other proof that this was a psychopath. I don't think yeah. you can say that on their podcast. Yes, he he can. just say sorry, mama. That's can, not. He was a psychopath. <laughs> no, that's psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong word. You can say anything you want to, Josh. Oh, God. It's, it, it, that this guy can sit down. He's about to be killed. Mm-hmm. And he can eat all of this. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered that about I can't meals. even. I, I can't even. My football f- uh, team is behind by seven. I can't eat. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Since then, Florida actually has a rule where you you have a $40 budget now. <laughs> yeah. And you have to go within a one hour, one hour of the jail to get the food. It cannot be flown in from places and all that kind of stuff because it used to be ridiculous. Well, wow. that, that would be an interesting game to to like find out the the establishments and then what would forty dollars buy at each one? Like, what would forty dollars uh, buy at McDonald's as opposed to like you know Cracker Barrel? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you want to really put your forty dollars to work, go Taco Bell. <laughs> like, that's four <laughs> Infinity Taco Bells right there, pretty much. So that's more than you could ever in a mat. Like, yeah, that's so much Taco Bell. I don't know that I would enjoy that, but so. all right, what a great story. That's <laughs> please let your husband know you'll be sleeping here tonight. I don't have a problem with that. He'd probably be like, Thank, Thank you. God. <laughs> so the thing, and I will say this, and I don't I don't at all want to take anything away from the victims, and I'm not at all, but I, I we were having this conversation earlier with somebody that we interviewed for our podcast. It, he has a podcast where he delves into just people in history who make really bad what's it called? Idiots uh, of history. Something like that. Yeah. And he was talking about how everyone, with the exception of one, had really awful things happen to them in their childhood. And Danny Rowling was severely abused by his father. Now, I won't, I'm not at all justifying anything. What I'm doing is putting forward that um, preventative care in early childhood is a necessity. And yes. this is something that we can really protect children and people that could be future victims if we were to put our money towards supporting early educators and families and yeah, and how about let's just stop abusing our kids yeah we're not going to do that anymore. the problem is is if you were abused and you don't know any better and it's what's been done in your family generation after generation after generation mm-hmm. and you don't have the resources you know to get out of the situation I that you're in. something seemed normal i don't think Cutting off a woman's head and nipples probably never happened in his family. No, no, no. Sure. Right. See, it, he takes it like I get the abuse and it messes up your brain, but the but he took it so far. Like no, it, it's not. He's not. No, it, it's the mental and physical abuse that he yep. that was inflicted on him that caused him to become mentally unstable. Okay, I bother. Right. It, it takes you down a path. Right. I'm not saying that it was right or wrong or whatever, but I'm yeah. just saying there are cases where sure. people grow up in these families, you know, in the backwoods of wherever, and they don't know any different and the parents don't know anything different, but they're, 
there needs to be a system in place where people are checked on. I completely Even agree. Even if you I think. live in the backwoods of wherever, yeah. you still, as a citizen, occasionally just need to be checked on. I, yeah, I agree. And I, and I think we need a lot more mental health type screening throughout school, starting in kindergarten, absolutely. throughout mm-hmm. school. Starting earlier, starting yeah. in preschool, starting yeah. in supporting, yeah. supporting families yeah. when they bring babies home. And I agree yeah. with, I mean, I agree with both of your points. Like there needs, there need to be checks and balances. There needs to be family education. There's be all this. But also my, I mean, my mom grew up in a very poor, very uneducated, very, um, I would say somewhat abusive um, environment, but also knew she was going to stop that sure. like so there, there is the you I mean it but everybody like you have a different um resilience factor right mm, yeah. there's one super interesting thing about Danny Rowling's victims and I don't know if you came across his victim profile but with the exception of Manny Taboda because he was just happened to be there yeah. his victims were petite white brunettes who yeah. matched the description of his mother yes uh, right, I did right. know that I did so, so um, I when I came here, um, so he was, these murders happened in 90. It took almost four years to convict him. I came here in 94 yeah. and he had just been convicted. And I had, I worked at the Y in after school and I had a group of <laughs> 25th grade girls. That oh, ended up a total different wow. kind of Whoa. Like, that's, like a, that's like, that's like going into a, a, a tribe that's been lost in the jungle. It was Lord of the like Flies. Sticking your toe like, in a yeah. whole fish tank full of piranhas. It was. <laughs> it was a lot. Scary stuff. I'll Bless need some heart. extra therapy for that. There was a lot. Yes. yes. One, one of the girls, her dad was one of the officers who, when they had arrested the original guy, was mm-hmm. one of the ones that kept saying, "I don't think we have this right." And like yeah. was part of the um, getting Danny rolling. Then I worked another girl that I worked with was at Santa Fe community college, which some of the victims were at now it's college. She was in a criminal justice class, I think. And one of their assignments was to go to the sentencing. Oh, wow. She had gone to the sentencing, but she fit the victim type. And she said he made eye contact with her while she was sitting there and just kept looking at her and how like and all of this was. So it's, I mean, it was, I mean, couldn't she have done like something to tell him to stop? (laughs) I see that. (laughs) I mean, is there nothing she could, like I'd have been like, oh, hi. Please. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's, um, it's something that definitely has left its mark on our town. Absolutely. It's something that, but it, but interestingly too, it's left its mark in pop culture because Kevin Williamson, who wrote the screenplay for Scream, took the um, inspiration because of the mutilation and the knife and the for um, Scream came from this case. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Or maybe I did. Very sad. That's very sad. Yeah. Um, So I do really I do really appreciate and respect the. the legacy and the honoring that our town does for the victims. I'm very impressed with that because we have seen time and time again, that, that murder is not just a moment in time. Mm -hmm. It has a ripple effect through generations of families of victims and perpetrators. And Mm -hmm. it also has a horrible, um, it's almost like a, a dark cloud that hangs over a town 
that has been through something like that. And it doesn't necessarily go away. So by them honoring those victims, I think it's just, I, I have so much respect for the town that continues to do that 30 years later, and they're still doing that. And I hope they do it until the end of time. I really do. Because those victims absolutely deserve to be honored in whatever way they can. All right. Yes, well, this has been so great. I mean, fun. Is it fun? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with fun. I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there. It's I'm going well, with fun. It was interesting because Josh and I were talking about, he's like, I don't know how to be funny about murder. I'm like, it's not the murder you're funny about. It's the stuff <laughs> that happens around it. It's the chicken. <laughs> right. it's the, too much in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, mama. I'm apologizing, mama. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda is a good girl, mama. <laughs> So this has been great fun. I hope that you all will come back on and do more murders. Well, let's talk about some social media stuff before we let them go. How can people oh, find them? I haven't loose yet. Huh. <laughs> well, I'm just down there on the floor. I'm just so, trying to help. So, he, yeah, she can't read the script from down there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on. There have been so many things the two of you have said tonight that I keep thinking that would make a great bumper sticker. (laughs) Maybe we're in the wrong business. Maybe. (laughs) I am the right ratio of chicken. (laughs) That's me. Right ratio of chicken. Well, guys, we absolutely thank you from the bottom of our hearts for coming on here and hanging out with us tonight. And we would highly, highly encourage you to please stay sweet and don't murder. If you kill people, we will talk about you. Indeed, we will. So just don't forget that. I mean, I just try to kill people with my baked goods. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you didn't. And they succeed. talked about you. And they did talk we about, did about, talk about, about you. you. They're yeah. true. But if you had succeeded, there would have been a whole episode dedicated to you. <laughs> and not in a good way. No. <laughs> we would not be flattering. We'd be like, that girl's ratios were bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> The search for super familiar with, oh, look, there's oh Anne. My God. She kind of emerges. Yeah, she's got, she's got all stiff legs and things. Oh, God. She's and things. Um, we are on most of the social medias, although we're most active on Twitter. Um, it's Familiar Wilson's on Twitter and on um, TikTok. We're trying to get TikTok famous, um, but yeah. we're really, really bad at it. Yeah. So, but look, look for us on uh, familiarwilsons.tiktok.com or whatever, however it goes and find us on that as well. Okay. That's Fantastic. great. Well, thanks y'all. And everybody tune into their podcast. It's super fun. Let's just say it is like a variety talk show with some <laughs> quizzes. There's a, a lot of quizzes. Is it a, there dinosaur, are a, lot of a quizzes. dinosaur mixed with it's a dinosaur? Milton <laughs> <Okay>. girl. <laughs> Oh, who was the lady with the lamb sock? Oh, oh yes. Lamb chop. Lamb chop. But she had a name, too. I should. I know, but I don't know what Donna Shore. That was real. Yeah, right. And Kathy Lee. Donna Shore. And what's that old show? Hollywood Squares. Yes. Combined, like right? Hollywood Squares combined <laughs> with Match Game. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. And... um. Milton Burrow. <laughs> we really, I would describe us, we just do a whole bunch of different things. We're kind of like the Sanford and Son of podcasts. <laughs> it's not, um, what was that one? The, it was, Rerun was on it. What was his name? Oh, what's after? happening? Yes, what's happening? I love that. That used to come on after Sanford and Son. Oh, I used yeah. to love that one. Love that show. Hey, 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 Raj. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right, well, bye, bye, bye. 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 B
This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.